One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Well, check it yourself then. Stick your head in there and check. Minute Tim's flagship podcast, episode 287. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm joined by Melly. You are? And Stephen. 287.5. 287.5. A little peek behind the curtain there, if you can figure that out. Listen, it's Christmas time. Things are all a bit loosey goosey. We're approaching the Christmas break, brought forward, obviously, because of a combination of rising COVID numbers and the fact that we're having a Christmas break anyway. Melly, you're shaking your head. What brought you? forward to help Celtic, Jamie. Because yeah, everyone hates fans. <laughs> Sporting integrity. In the words of Alan... It's weird how Alan McGregor and Chris Boyd are almost interchangeable as <laughs> two empty-headed knuckle brains um, of the Rangers variety. Did you see Alan McGregor put forward a well-thought-out and well-considered case, he nearly had me convinced, for why... Uh, we shouldn't bring forward the winter break. Staunchness. More or less, more or less it was staunchness. I'll do an impression of him and it'll be in the camera because he was videoed over Zoom. So I'm, I'm not going to move. He just went, uh, I think a big thing sporting integrity in this country, isn't it? So uh, that's all I've heard for the last five years, sporting integrity. Uh, so I, I don't think we should have it. No, the game should be played. No one asked him to expand on that. So no, <laughs> no, no, of course not. Um, in, in many ways, football fans are the easiest crowd in the world, depending on who you support, of course, mm. because I did see an excerpt from that in which I think he, he's kind of known for this. He, he gives like, really idiotic answers and Rangers fans act like he's doing it deliberately, like yes. he's one step ahead of everyone, like he's got everyone on strings. So I think he gave uh, an answer that was along the lines of, oh, how do you... What's it like keeping so many clean sheets? And he basically said the key to that is not letting goals in. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, brilliant big man. Absolutely tremendous patter when really he is just a knucklehead. Brilliant shagger. Um, shagger. He oh, is, he is um, he's, he's just a guy that sounds like he spends all his spare time on follow, follow. <laughs> he's a mod. Which he, he's a mod, which, which he probably does, to be honest with him. He's definitely got a burner Twitter account where he just sits raging about Celtic fans all the time. Embarrassing from, is he the captain? He's not the captain of Rangers, but embarrassing from a senior player in the country to, to come forward with that sort of argument no brainer bringing the break forward no real debate to be had we're only moving it forward one week mm. after all our already planned break and this has been framed as like a Celtic and Rangers thing which is ludicrous I know that's kind of the default setting in Scotland it's either Celtic or it's Rangers it must benefit someone yes. if it doesn't benefit everyone Lord knows it can't possibly benefit everyone like it does but it's <laughs> it's always got to be a Celtic Rangers thing and this has been framed as a victory for Celtic somehow and it's honestly ludicrous because Ange Postecoglou was very blunt about it he doesn't want to play football in front of no fans because what manager does apart from Rangers manager Robbie Nielsen said very similar he said that he doesn't really consider it real football doing it in it's, front of fans you can tell the intensity's down so tear my hair no out no chance to speak <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry not, you're not tearing my hair out at you Stephen but you know every football game in the country is played in a stadium for a reason. <laughs> fans are maybe the most important. Without football, without fans, football is crap. I think Jock <laughs> the, the great man once said. The stands exist for a reason. We're supposed to be in them cheering the team on. And Rangers, who exist, uh, now Rangers exist in their new and current mode, they exist only to protest against absolutely everything else Scottish football wants sponsorship deals winter breaks Covid tests it doesn't matter what it is Rangers don't want it up to no good as usual <laughs> yeah <laughs> they seem to think 
that the games should be played with no fans. Now, obviously, they want to play games with no fans, mainly because what are their two next fixtures? Uh, Celtic away and Aberdeen away. And they accuse us of shiting ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it works. They, yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable again. The the thing that this, this uh, sort of early shutdown, when we, we've seen it before, back back when the first lockdown happened, it wasn't really rife throughout players, but it's rife throughout players now. Yeah. Basically, every team, bar one, mm. have got COVID cases going through their squad, mm. uh, whether it be players or staff. So you can see why, like St Mirren were working games called off, there's already been games postponed as well. It just made complete sense to bring it forward because we got a, the last week's been a sharp, sharp return to reality of what this, this pandemic's all about. Wednesday night, I was at the Celtic game. Saturday, I'm sitting watching the Celtic game and it's like two completely different sports. It's terrible. Mm. Even though Celtic played well in the St Johnson game and they didn't really play that well in the St Mirren game, when Celtic scored and the commentators making a big oh goal hits the back of the net describing the goal, it just doesn't feel the same mm. because there's nothing apart from the odd player cheering when you hear it. And it's St Johnston, the five hundred fans, it's pretty pointless. It just it just it's just no use, man. A sharp shot there oh. at the start of that. I don't know if you noticed. Oh. It is Christmas. We have all overindulged. Look, Rangers have. Stephen, can I just ask you whilst we're on here, just angle that football shot oh, just yeah, towards okay. the camera a little yeah, bit while I'm talking. There we go. Um, Rangers have managed to avoid COVID calls, but I'm telling you right now. If they avoid a single COVID call-off after the Loving Cup ceremony, <laughs> I'm calling BS. That's grown men all drinking out of the same saliva-filled cup. Uh, when is um, that again? It's the first home game of the new January, year. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, yeah. But the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing that happens in any football team ever, um, grown men basically taking a drink out of a cup and passing it all to each other. And, and if there's no COVID call-offs after that, then we know... They're up to no good. Obviously, tradition, COVID, Timmy. <laughs> yeah, COVID call-offs did affect Celtic's game at St. Johnson. Um, most of the sort of senior first-team players that we'd expect to see playing did have to be off with COVID, but we did manage to see Furuhashi play. We saw a badder play up front. We saw Ange try a new system, three at the back. Scales came in. Uh, Stephen Welsh came in. You know, we cobbled together a team that won the game, really. Yeah, we did. And within that, we played quite well. I thought the St. Johnson, terrible hmm. pitch. Abysmal. Disgrace, like, man. Just relegate them for that. That's shocking. You, you can't say, oh, the weather's been bad. It's not been that no. bad. But Celtic, we went 3 5 2. And when you see the lineup come out after all the rumours of COVID call offs, after the St. Mirren game, where you're like, that team's terrible. If we get COVID call offs, it will potentially be worse. But having Kyogo and Rogic in there it just made me feel a wee bit better because Kyogo missed the game during the week. I just presumed he'd be out at the weekend. Seen his name in that team sheet, I'm like, you know, we've got a chance of winning because at one point Rogic will set up Kyogo and there's a chance to score, but didn't quite work out like that. But just having him there made all the difference, and it was sort of a bad and Rogic that stole the headlines, and both of them played really well. Abada, Stephen, um, there's been a lot of chat about Abada's wing performances. There's been a lot of chat about Abada's contribution overall. And the back and forth seems to go, if you criticise Abada on the wing, people say, well, look at his numbers. His numbers are great. And he's yeah. scored goals and he's, he's scored assists and all that sort of stuff. Scored assists, that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> scored the assists as well. Thanks, Melly. Um, but the, the thing about Abada is, is there a conversation now to be had that his best position or the place he does his best work, maybe up front? Let's have it. Okay. Let's have that conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm in no doubt that, at least for now, I'm, I'm far more comfortable, far more impressed with him through the middle than I am on the wing. Mm -hmm. I think I've been been pretty down on Abada recently, although I acknowledge that he does score goals and he has been getting on the end of chances. He's been very good at that, by and large, for the most part of the season. He had a little dry patch, but that's going to happen for young players in a new league. But playing through the middle, I think he's been a bit of a revelation, really, compared mm -hmm. to his, his performances on the wing, because I'm, I'm trying to take the goals aside, because he did get the double against St. Johnson, but in a way it's kind of too simple to just look at the goals and say well he's better there yeah. but what I'm more looking at is that the positions he takes up the problems he causes with his movement and his runs in behind the fact that he seems to show good instincts for it whether it's coaching whether it's his own decisions or a bit of both he arrives in good positions to get on the end of chances it's, it's, it's a very simple thing to say but if you are making space in between the width of the posts you'll probably get in the end of chances that a team like Celtic are going to create yeah. and he probably would have had more if not for poor crossing for the most part of the last couple of games like Juranovic and well Juranovic has been terrible at crossing actually but I, I look at all that from a bad at and think well he's not like, he's not the whole package as a striker he's not Luis Suarez or in just yet no <laughs> 
I'm inclined to believe that he gets more right than wrong when it comes to being a centre for or like a second striker. I look at him on the wing and I think it's the opposite. I think he gets more wrong than right, if that, if that makes any sense. I think he makes a lot of poor decisions out there. And while he might go on to become a good winger, I don't see the attributes there that make me believe that. I don't think... He, he does my nutting on the wing, to be yeah, honest well, with you. That's, that's a better way of putting it, actually, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he's actually been quite poor on the wing recently. He just... I, I'm, not, I'm not even blaming him for it, necessarily. He just doesn't seem to have the attributes that make him a good winger. I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm being harsh there, but I, I don't think he's particularly good at dribbling. I don't think he's a great crosser. I think there's... See if you pass the ball out to him on the right, I think there's a greater than 50% chance that he'll miscontrol it out of mm. the pitch. I've seen that from several times now. Does he like taking a man on? No, no, it kind of bobbles off him. So you strip all that away, keep it simple, <laughs> cause some problems with your runs and get on the end of chances. He's done that. Yeah. He seems to have taken that like a duck to water. Even when he was on the wing, Melly, some of the goals he scored showed good strikers instinct yeah. coming in at the back post, finding space for himself, anticipating where the ball's going to drop, good movement. Yeah, that's why I thought like he's got that striker's instinct, but in a wide position. And see, see if that's the case, that's fine. But in the way Ange played, what he wants is his wingers getting on the ball and taking players on, being being that guy out on the touchline and then causing your team's problems when Abada does that. He can't do that. So mm. the problems he causes is when the ball's on the other wing and he gets into the middle or into that back post. And as Stephen's saying, what the good things we've seen about him is his finishing and his, his instinct as a striker. If he's going to play out wide, he has to be able to take players on. So the same as Jota, but also contribute goals. And he can't do that. Whereas if he's put up front, the strengths Abada has is his finishing, his ability to make runs, his ability to find space. and in the areas that's going to be dangerous if you put him up front he doesn't need to be on the ball taking players on because Kyogo looks like a brilliant player for Celtic but he's not dropping deep skinning five players and putting the ball in mm. the back of the net he's finishing chances he's making runs off he's creating space and that's exactly what Abada does when he's up there as well so Abada looks better the less he has the ball and yeah. the more he has to work on instinct rather than work on his his skill and his quality. So we've seen with the two finishes and two finishes for two goals, but if they're keeper and some better finishing from him and some better crossing, he had another good few chances yeah, yeah. where if he was maybe a bit, I don't know, if he was a bit sharper or he finished a bit better, he could have had more goals. But at the same time, he's getting into these positions and Celtic are creating the chances. And that's what Celtic have been about recently. They've been creating the chances, but haven't been quite clinical and luckily for us Abada was clinical because if you take out Abada and Rogic there wasn't much else getting created mm, beside, yeah. despite Celtic playing well and that's not to say oh Celtic are terrible now it's just with, like, there's literally no players to do this because we're playing players out of position Ange hasn't changed from the 4-3-3 all season but he, he had to out of necessity at the weekend to try and make things work and then again Kyogo going off so it was a good good win, which we desperately needed going into this break. The thing about Abada is, Stephen, you know, people might think, well, why are you even wasting your time having the discussion? Because we've got, you know, Kyogo, we've got Yakamakis, we've got a Jetty. And if you say, well, Abada, what you are now, and we also have a lack of wing options, but if people say, well, what you are now, Abada, is you are our striker. You, you, you're being moved to the striker, we're changing your position. Would Abada want to find himself fourth choice striker? But looking at the striking options we've got just now, I don't think that would be the case. No. We've got Kyogo doing his thing. Doing his hamstring. We're removing Abada off of the way. <laughs> we've got Agete still on the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a great song that would be. Yeah, I think I think with these performances, he's done enough, I would say, to be considered a real viable option for the second most dangerous striker at the club just now. Yeah. The fact is, Agete's not got it. He's never going to have it for Celtic. Brief, I mean, look, as much as we, we talk about Abada's goals, he's got 10 now. Yeah. And 10, I mean, regardless of our reservations about his abilities in various positions, he's got 10 goals now. I think Ayeti's got nine in two seasons. So he's already outscored him, despite the fact oh, that he, yeah. is a, he is a proven so-called central striker, international and all that sort of stuff. So he's mm. already outscored him in a, a limited number of appearances. So I think he's well ahead of Ayeti. Jack Amak has had... A, no idea, frankly. I've no idea. He's done absolutely nothing so far. He got that goal at home and then get injured again. And again, I think he's close to making his return. But the fact is, we're in January and we've seen next to nothing yeah. out of him. And we've seen plenty from Abada that would suggest to me he's 
again, just that available option in there. So I, I'm perfectly happy to see him through the middle ahead of any of these guys until Jackie Marcus proves something, until he shows us something. It was an important win for Celtic, not only because we dropped points um, in, the, in the game before that, but because the, the winter break was coming up. These games can always provide a wee bit, to be a wee bit tricky and we didn't have fans in the stadium. Now, if you've been tuning into BBC Sports Sound recently, it is <laughs> the place for razor-sharp debate. Now, bear in mind, these guys are probably on 50 or 60 grand a year to go on and talk about football. Unbel That's more than we make in a month. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> absolutely unbelievable, right? Uh, there was a debate about the fans being in stadiums and I think it was William Miller and another guy and one guy was saying well you, you need to do you, you, you can't have it's not worth it these clubs letting the fans in for 500 fans and Willie Miller was like well no you need to you know you need to do something to get these fans in and there was a big hoo-ha about it a big debate about it and the guy went well look if you let the fans in then you're going to have to pay everyone that works in the stadium double time because it's a boxing day then the stewards and the police he goes you can't make that back up and then you've got to refund the season ticket you can't make that back up with just 500 people in the stands to which the other guy just kept going no but you need to do something for them <laughs> how many pies do those 500 people need to buy to break even yeah, here that's, <laughs> maths like that is how you sink a football club <laughs> and during this debate someone shouted goal <laughs> and there was like a second or two's pause until Richard Gordon whoever his host it went Yes, who scored though? <laughs> and they went, oh sorry, Wraith Rovers for example And then after the game they had Michael Stewart on He was probably wearing a suit I imagine all the time Michael Stewart wears a suit oh, Yeah, he, too even, much, even when he's boxing he, too, much, oh, he, too much Christmas cheer for old Mikey Because what Michael Stewart said is Celtic really need to look at their defence Now Carol Starfield, he did make an ass of it in that game And he yes. had thrown an error or two He said but Celtic need to Look at their defence because their defence is woeful. The standard of the defenders is nowhere near the players, the rest of the pitch. Uh, Stephen Welsh is better than Carol Starfelt. Not taking into consideration that Celtic barely concede any chances in any games ever. Uh, best defensive record in the league. But also, Stephen, what pissed me off the most was they just lumped Carter Vickers in. Yeah. They just said the two centre halves are not good enough. <laughs> What's Carter Vickers? At least start on Starfelt. <laughs> and then... That, that, that was what got me. I'm perfectly willing, and everyone who regularly listens will have heard my staunch uh, defence of Carl Starfelt in recent weeks. I think he's, uh, he's a good player, and I think he's performed well. He's fine. Doing his best to make me look like a right tits <laughs> right enough yeah. every time I do it, because he, he does have a mistake in him. But the thing is, on that debate, with Michael Stewart was sitting here right now, and he's turned down our invitations. <laughs> he has. <laughs> I'm perfectly willing to listen to the argument about Starfelt, even if I don't agree with it. And I don't agree with it, but I do appreciate that he makes mistakes. And from his first couple of appearances, again, we've, we've had this discussion before, first couple of appearances have saddled him with this kind of bomb scare tag because he looked a bit ropey in his first few, first mm. few games for Celtic. The incident at the weekend will have done nothing for him in that yeah. regard. That will only have added to his reputation as a bomb scare. So I'll, I'll have that debate, even if uh, the end result is I don't agree with it. But to lump Cameron Carter-Vickers <laughs> in with this is offensive, quite frankly. It's, it's ludicrous because you, you can't just do You need to take them as individuals. You can't just broadly tar the defence with uh, the same brush. Plus, Celtic have a different defence almost every week, so Celtic's defence <laughs> yeah. is awful. Yeah, Why? and Cameron, Cameron Carter-Vickers has performed... Excellently for yeah. Celtic, right? He's he's as much as I, the reason I often defend Starfelt is I feel like he's the kind of underdog of the pairing, mm. right? I feel like I need to stand up for him because he's he's the kind of the the whipping boy of the two, so to speak. Yeah, no such need for Carter Vickers because he's been great. I don't, I can't remember honestly. I can't remember him having a even a troublesome game. I can't remember any real dodgy. There will be some, and I'm sure people can correct me on that, but. I th it doesn't really change my mind that by and large he has had a great start to his Celtic career I don't think he's made any key mistakes I don't think he's put Celtic under any pressure or undue danger I don't think he's been any unforced errors so quite why he's been lumped in with Starfelt is this absolute ropey it's, defender it's what Stephen said me. a couple of weeks ago they just decided yeah. at some point yeah. this season to tar Celtic with the defence's poor brush and just uh, stick with it yeah because if, if we're going to do what Mikey uh, Stewart says and look at the defence was the best defence in the league yeah but okay we'll look into it a bit <laughs> yeah. further the goal Celtic conceded were Celtic all over the place was every defender out of position where they just cut straight open or did Carl, uh, Carl Starfelt just misplace a pass and the guy went in crossed the ball and that was it shocking pass but it can happen in a game to then go on about the defence and go it's all over the place well Get a fourth, fifth choice goalkeeper playing there as mm. well. We've had a makeshift defence because 
of of COVID call offs. We've had like to three at the back for the to, first time. Had Not to go to a back three. And again, apart from that goal, name another chance St Johnston had within the game. How many times have we sat here over the last few weeks, few months actually, and said we barely can see the chance. Mm. Your heart would be better just getting a deck chair out and sitting there. There's barely any chances Celtic could see. The way we have conceded the odd goal here or there, the problem has been being clinical with the, yeah. the chances rather than creating the chances. We're creating them, we're not giving chances away. So looking at the defence and to look at Carter Vickers as well, Jota and Kyogo have been sensational, absolutely brilliant since they came in. Ange Postacoglu has been a revelation, but Cameron Carter-Vickers has sort of went under the radar. I've never seen a guy come in to Celtic as young as he is, despite him not being 20, 18, 19, mm. 20. He's young in terms of match experience. Yeah. He hasn't played a lot of matches for the age he is. He's come in and he's looked brilliant. And I'm not just saying brilliant in every game. He's looked steady in every game and he's been brilliant throughout. He's barely made a mistake. And as you say, Stephen... If he has made the odd mistake, there's not been a game where you can go, I made that mistake, made that mistake. It's one mistake a game. The guy has been just steady, Eddie, but tremendous. And because we've got all these great attacking players, we sort of forget. Like He looks like he's been there for years. He's come in with a brand new defence and a brand new team. He's not got much experience. He's played beside Beaton, which is hard played beside Starfield, he's played beside Welsh, mm. he's had different fullbacks, he's hit on his third different keeper behind him at the weekend. Nothing phases the guy, he's been brilliant. And see if it is six million, just go and pay it because you'll not get a better player for less or more, or even more than that. He's, he's the senior guy in there, despite the fact that mm. all the things you've listed are true there, Willie. He's, he's, I think he's 23, but he's one of those guys for whom a lot of it happens now because there's so many players in England. The, the early part of their career just kind of disappears really yeah. they, they go on a number of nondescript loans and all of a sudden they find themselves at 22 23 and they haven't established themselves anywhere yet a comparison I would make is with Boyata yep. now look Boyata was was of a similar age and similar experience level in that he had just bummed around in some, I think he was at Bolton from Man City from memory yeah. uh, didn't pull up any trees but he arrived at Celtic and he went on to be a really good defender I think for a time for a, maybe a season or in a bit Boyata I think was a really good defender for Celtic but look how long it took him. Yeah. It took him about a year and a half, maybe more, to establish himself in the Celtic team. So they have come from a very similar background to Cameron Carter-Vickers or for CCV to come from a very similar background to Boyata and just stroll into the team and look like he's been here for years. It takes some doing, to be honest, because we've had defend. How many defenders have we had over the years who haven't been able to settle at all? Never mind, just throws them. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, it's just this really bizarre notion that you know, when they're analysing the game, there's lots to talk about. There's lots of positives. They don't need to hang their positives. They couch everything on onto on a negative. And I start Phil made the mistake, and he's been responsible for a few. But this, I thought it was a, as I said, ridiculous to lump. You know, Celtic really need to look in the centre half. They just get lumped together as a pairing. Um, so you know we've spoke about the, the negative side the positive side of the game as Tom Rodgick was on fire oh. once again playing the best football of his Celtic career now Stephen you said it's something a couple of months back because Tom Rodgick came into the team did okay then dipped off and we were really seen it before we've seen it, it before yep. seen it before we really wanted him to take these games by the cojones um, <laughs> and you know really really become the guy that we want him to become, take control of the game, really inf really have a strong influence on these matches. You says, well, let's have a look at this come December, January, because Tom drifts in and out of games. Easy there. Yeah. Right? Let's see if, let's see where we're sitting come November, uh, December time. I think I think we literally had that discussion, didn't we, yeah, a few yeah. months ago, where we thought, right, great start, but let's see how it goes, because we've been here before with, with Tom Ruggage. But all such fears are laid for me. I think he's, as you say, playing the best football he's career. I find it very difficult to articulate it in any other way than this is the best he's ever looked yeah. for Celtic. It was, I mean, at various times he's been brilliant for Celtic, but is this the most consistent he's been? Is this the most reliable he's been? And what do you think it's from, down to? Do you think it's down to the manager? Do you think it's down to Ange getting the best out of him? Do you think it's the, the Ange putting players in certain positions that allows Tom Rodgick to play mm. in his best position? Do you think it's about having Kyogo up front who's making the runs that Tom Rodgick mm. needs a player to make? See, see on that, like, while it could be on that, but because Celtic have so had so many injuries, Tom Rodgick has played beside McCarthy, he's played beside Beaton recently, he's played beside McGregor, Turnbull. Everything around Tom Rogic is interchanging. The wingers are changing, the formation's even changed, the strikers changed, Kyogo in and out but Tom Rogic is still playing brilliant. So mm. I don't think it is quite this the system or 
getting players around them because that's all changed. I think it's just Tom Rogic himself has done this and as well as the keep, uh, the manager as well. If people often say about Tom Rogic, build a team around them, we can't quite do that in this day and age because if he comes out, then does the whole system fail? Hmm. What yeah. are you smirking at? Oh, absolutely nothing. I was just, I was just checking something. Kind of. <laughs> just some giggling. Uh, yeah, you caught me giggling. You're looking at smart. <laughs> so with, with Tom Rogic, he's... Uh, he's He's doing this himself, I feel, along alongside the manager as well, because everything's changed about him. But Tom Rogic is finally, he's consistent. He's playing 90 minutes every week, but also he's added things to his game. Like When you're watching Tom Rogic now, you're not thinking, oh, look, he can do it up at the top end of the park, but he doesn't track back. He doesn't press. He's doing all that. He's very strong on the ball, which we mentioned last week. I think you, you two were talking about it. He's turning players, but at the same time, he's doing the dirty work in there, which in turn makes his attacking game yeah. better because he's pressing along with this, the rest of the Celtic team. Celtic are winning the ball back in high positions, and that's where Tom Rogic is at his best. When a team's in transition, you can get the ball to him and get him on the turn. He's brilliant to watch, but he's also, instead of letting Tom Rogic be in that number 10 and needing players around him to get him the ball, He's going and finding the ball. He's finding the space, and so strong in the ball as well. Yeah, like this yeah, seems yeah. to be a new thing he's added to his game. It's been tremendous, and it's probably down to the manager as well. But he has added a lot to his game, which probably has always been there. He's just not quite been able to show it. And looking at the the second Abada goal, Abada just it's harder for him to miss there because everything that Rogic has done is perfection picked up the ball he's played this pass without outside his foot that Abada he doesn't even have time to think will I take a touch will I take a shot the only thing Abada can do is place that past the keeper because it's all set laid out for him on a plate and Rogic has just been brilliant just practice your shooting Tom man. yeah it could, it could do an extra couple of goals here and there because Abada's shown him the way after yeah. all he's, he's, he's banging him in Rogic two or three I think he's got so I think he could probably be adding to that because he is getting chances and, yeah. and passing them up but the thing with Rogic as well is that <laughs> just some show notes for Melly there. <laughs> the, the thing with Rogic as well is it's it's very similar to what I thought and what we've spoken about with previous players that we've written off and been perfectly willing to let go. Ralston is is one mm. of those as well. It's very easy to be like, well, the manager has done this because they, mm. well, that's the that's the very obvious com or connection to make. New manager comes in, this player gets better. But I think it's also important to acknowledge the players' input in yeah, that when, yeah. when that happens. It may seem a, a dead simple thing to say, but it, I think it's all very well a manager coming in, but you can't force a player to play the best football his career. He, he's not going to do it against his will. I've sagged my players. <laughs> I, want, I want to leave, and now you've got me playing the best he, football he of my want, career. He did Spot want to on with accent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He did want to leave. I mean, to think he could be playing his football on Qatar. Oh, was God, it Qatar he was off to? And then, you know, he decided to stay and give yeah. him more shot. Wasted talent. Wasted, yeah. I, there's near bit on. Everyone seems to be performing when they're required for for, um, for old Ange. It's near bit on came in, captain's performance, mm -hmm. scored a goal, good finish. Captain leader legend. Captain leader <laughs> legend, uh, James McCarthy. I, yeah, thought, I, well. I, I thought did quite well in the game as well. Yeah, I thought the the midfield there. We when we were doing the the big match build up, you know, like Ange the way he plays all about the fast flowing dynamic football midfield. The midfield's McCarthy beat on and Rogic. <laughs> yeah. It's the complete opposite to what we're looking for. But again, within the system, they played well because everybody knows what they're doing. I thought beat on. He's coming in in games and while I do think he does slow certain things down with Celtic, within that he is performing well for, for Neil Beaton and for a player in that position. He's One thing I can always say about Beaton when he's in midfield, if things aren't going well, he's not a guy that hides. He'll always be there to get on the ball. I just want him to move it quicker. But in this game, I thought it was good. He, was, he started like striding past players a wee bit and mm -hmm. taking them on and moving the ball on a bit quicker which is good and look on that pitch which was an absolute disgrace Celtic managed to play some decent stuff and Rogic, Beaton and McCarthy were at the heart of that because when you're looking at the team the two wing backs well I think Juranovic is a good player and he can can usually cross the ball he will create things I'm looking at the other side and going well Scales is tidy I'm not really seeing much creative out of him, so it's going yeah. to be on that midfield to create things and a bad up front to finish them. And luckily we got that because it could have been a sticky game, but 
I think the midfield all played well and even McCarthy again another 90 minutes hopefully that'll psycholo- yeah. psychologically that'll be good for him as well we watched the Chelsea game and the pitch was almost immaculate. Now you're right, okay, Chelsea have obviously got the money that, that, that St. Johnson don't or whatever, but you get the feeling that everything for that televised event, the pitch, the lights, the number of cameras, everything was there to make it look good. Yeah. Uh, and then you come to Scotland and it's like, none of that's taken into consideration. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating, like none of it. Should there be a standard for the pitch? Could you be all nasal about it? And God knows this SFA love rules. But surely there needs to be a minimum number of blades of grass per square millimetre. <laughs> Get a broad foot on here. You, know, like, like that, you just go out there where we square and go, now that's only got 12 actual bits of grass, the rest is mud. The, the pitch was absolutely abysmal. And it's, it's not the weather. No. That's because there was, there's pitches within an hour or two's drive of, of where uh, St. John's had their pitch in Perth that are fine. Yeah. So it's just they just let their pitch go to shit. That's, that's <laughs> what I mean. There's no accountability. We, we were talking about it as well. It wouldn't happen in any other sport. Imagine a basketball game where it's just well, the Milwaukee Bucks turn up to play a game and it's on concrete. Oh, sorry, we, we yeah. didn't realise we were supposed to play on wood these days. <laughs> Golf. Would you? Well, we've not cut the grass even, this week. Even like lower leagues and amateur football and B team football. There's like this, the pitch is meant to be. That's where the games played. But you know, the, the, we were we were joking earlier on about the reason that the stands exist is for fans to be. And then, well, this, that might be the second most important thing. The one most important thing for the game is the surface you play it on. Yeah, and it's not it's not just Celtic that turn up on this surface and they go right. Celtic they play football on this, so let's let's leave the pitch and just hopefully it's a leveler. The St. Johnson players are inferior; they're not as good quality as Celtic players. So if you make a pitch worse, well, then they'll make their players worse because they yeah. they were terrible. Like, they were terrible. Looking at that pitch, or that right, see if they get relegated, I wouldn't be bothered because it'd been that would be out the 
out the ground. One less pitch you got to worry about. Yeah, because mm. we're, we're, we're trying to get them 99 problems, but a pitch ain't one. There's so many uh, poor pitches in the Scottish League. And again, that, that was on Sky Sports. It was free for everyone to watch that. Hopefully not a lot of people tuned in because you had a, a pitch like that, you had no fans, and then you had a team in St. Johnston that just didn't bother to show up either. Um, yeah. uh, life's a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyone get any more? Anything? No, no more puns. Um, the winter break has come along as we discussed. It's moved it forward, which is obviously the correct thing to do. It gives Celtic an opportunity to get some players back. Um, gives us an opportunity also for the January window to come in and there's some potential signings coming in mm. having a look at the squad that we put out against St Johnson we could use seven s- we could use seven <laughs> we could use reinforcements we've got Dyson Maida coming in Rio Hatate and Yosuke Adaguchi did mm. I do that Nailed okay it, I think, now, yeah. nothing's confirmed obviously just heavily rumoured at this point and obviously if the do- players do sign patreon.com slash 20 minute tims where we produce extra content um, and what we do is we have players that come for Celtic have them professionally scouted so we'll give you all the lowdown what to expect obviously you can watch your YouTube videos but nothing quite beats that professional scouting touch Indeed, so yep. we'll have that um, which of those three players really most interest you? Oh I think it'd be Hitati or Maeda I'm not quite sure where Hitati is going to You're play You're Hitati mate <laughs> <laughs> That would work for the old tips, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure where he's going to play. He looks like a very versatile player up the left-hand side or in central midfield. But I think uh, Maeda would be the one for me because I don't usually go by the YouTube videos. Mm. But after Kyogo's YouTube video, then I'm coming in and being an absolute genius. If Maeda does anything like that, he is one of the top scorers out there. I think then, he finished second top goal scorer oh, in the, the G League. Go for the first one then. Yeah, what's, yeah. The point, what's the point of the second top scorer? Typical Celtic. I know. Lowell. Lowell. Scouted, <laughs> scouted the wrong player again, haven't we? But if what, we're looking at Celtic recently. The defence has been fine despite everybody saying it's terrible. Midfield's been okay, but we really need reinforcements in there. But if Celtic could be more clinical up front, because as I was saying, it's not the, we're not creating chances. Like we've always hear like the Samirin game, this low block, we struggle to break down. We've been creating plenty of chances. We've just not been clinical. Mm-hmm. Jota's been good. Kyogo's been good. But outside of that, Abada's the only other player that's made it to 10 goals this season for Celtic. And despite scoring a lot of goals and looking good going forward, that's pretty poor. Tom Rogic has got two goals. McGregor a couple. Turnbull's got about seven. So we need more people contributing goals consistently. And if hopefully if Maeda can do that, him, Jota and Kyogo up front, where Abada and Forrest behind that, it's looking a lot better just with one or two players in. So it just needs somebody up there to be a bit more clinical for me. Um, I'm intrigued by the Idiguchi mm. link because that has been the one, to my mind, that's been the most interesting, maybe the most contentious in that part of the world. Those who are ITK and loads of Celtic fans follow them, is it Dan Orlowitz and a couple of other Japan based Australian journalists or American journalists that are based over there? It raised a couple of eyebrows, Celtic being mm. linked with him, and it's not because he's a bad player. It's just that it's a kind of, hmm, I'm not really yeah. not really sure about that one. I think the general the tone... the move to Leeds that people yeah, are worried yeah, about. That, that he has been in Europe before and it didn't quite work out for him for a, for a number of reasons. Yeah, see, just on that, it's, it's, no, he went to Leeds and was just crap and they went, yeah. he's no good. He had to go out on loan from Leeds to get a work permit. He failed to do that because he went to... Spain for one of them and somewhere else and he got a, a season ending injury so it didn't work out and didn't work out somewhere else and then Leeds decided to cut their losses with him sent him back but it's another one that he's 23 is he and mm, yeah. he's just sort of established himself as a player so that's the worry for me the general tone I'm getting about it is that yep if you get him playing got a player in there but not not so sure you'll get that player, but it, that becomes a kind of an Ange we trust thing because yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's him behind the scene and I'm not, I don't imagine Celtic have gone and scouted these guys. So we, we signed no back. one from Japan <laughs> for decades and then the minute he arrives in the country, it's our favourite shop. Then I. The, re- the reaction to it from from some people, again, I'm I'm going off the benefit of only just some reports and some interviews that I've seen. I haven't, I haven't had the benefit of any scouting reports or mm. that, which we will have done when the time comes. What I'm getting from it is that it's, it's like, Maida, yep, get it. Hatati, yep, understandable. Hmm, Idiguchi. Yeah. It's almost like if there was like a, a, a Japanese team that was linked with players from Scotland and they, they're right, we're in for Joe Aribo, we're in for Jota and Stephen O'Donnell. You'd be like, 
Hmm. That, yeah, that, that third one uh, doesn't seem to, to be uh, quite he, appropriate there. He seems to play that, that centre mid midfield position, but a bit deeper, which again, you're looking at it, Celtic have options there, not not a lot of good ones. Like Soros should be on the way out probably because mm. he's not played at all. Beton's done well when he's come in there. McCarthy has done okay, but can't stay fit. And McGregor's our best option there. So if Idiguchi comes in, does that mean we're going to move McGregor on one? If we're looking at a midfield, I'd more want somebody who is sort of box-to-box that scores goals to help out Rogic and will give Tumble a rest, which he's going to need to do now because he is injured now. If if we do bring in Idiguchi, we probably need somebody in there unless Hitati's going to play that role as well. It's a, you know, it is just rumour just now, but... It'd be very. We have rumoured we've been linked with these guys for months now, yeah, yeah. and one of the I can't remember who it was, but one of the Australian journalists or Japanese-based journalists that you said Stephen made a very interesting observation a couple of months back. He said, you know, Japanese newspapers aren't in the business of just making up weird that I <laughs> never catch on rubbish random transfer stories with no no nothing to back them up. They just don't do that yeah. over there. They don't chase clicks and stories that way. So if it's a if there's a link, then there's there's a, there's more or less something to it. So it'll be interesting to see. And we do need these guys in. Especially after the break, because yeah. we're going to have without David Turnbull. Who knows what the situation? Joe has lost that yeah, David yeah. Turnbull. That will maybe go under the radar because he's not as he's not as big a name as like Jota or Kyogo or any of these other guys who keep getting injured. But David Turnbull's been key this season. Mm-hmm. Played more goals than Jota and Rogic. Yeah, played virtually every game up until he couldn't play anymore. So that's going to be a, a huge miss. We're going to have potentially Jota out. Kyogo and Rogic might be called up uh, on international duty. So important, no fans, you know. So. We need these bodies in. We need to get them in early. Um, we did drop points, though. We did drop points against St Mirren. And the, the chat after that game, particularly on our Discord, the which is a, a Patreon sort of chat room for, for the all-in guys, but on social media as well, there was like a, a big argument over how important that loss was. Oh, sorry, well, it feels like a loss, but how important those lost points were in the, in the grand scheme of the league. And, I, you know, I personally thought that, that this is bad really really bad it's a game we should have won dropping points at St Mirren is, is a terrible place to drop points okay it's only six points Stephen but it's something you and I were talking about it comes down to the, the, the probabilities of things you know say we drop points against Rangers in the, in the next game that that next game against Rangers there's just no option but to win it now yeah, you, we yeah. must win it because overturning a deficit of nine points or seven points or six points is going to be very difficult not just based on you know, general league play and the amount of times that's happened in the past, but the fact that they don't seem to be dropping points either. It's a it's a tricky situation we've got ourselves in. And when you look at that St. Mirren game and the fact that St. Mirren had COVID call offs, not as many as they thought, but the bench was depleted. And I was after that, I'm just like, nah, this is this is serious. This is well worth talking about now. I don't I don't want to get fall into the trap of speaking like we've already dropped points against Rangers, but I think it is important in the context when we're trying to Express, it's, winner, it's almost winner take all that well, game we're trying to express that it's every point's a prisoner at the moment and you know every drop point is going to be important because say we do lose the Rangers because anything could happen between now and then like we're, we're, we're living week to week in Scottish football yeah. just in football in general we're living week to week God knows day, what will happen life everything changes. basically yeah so you don't know what's going to happen any, especially when they're immune to Covid <laughs> <laughs> yes suspiciously immune to Covid they just don't get it over there must Did be, I make my loving cup joke yeah. on this version of the podcast or on the hour we recorded that I had to go in the bin? Maybe it's drinking from the loving cup that gives them some sort of immunity oh, to well, it, herd, it, yeah. herd immunity. But if should we go further points behind? And six isn't you know, insurmountable, but it's difficult at the moment because we're not we're not gaining any. We're we're losing mm. you know, kind of bit by bit. We're losing ground on it. It then becomes about counting how many games are left and deciding whether you can see them dropping in points in yeah. as many games as it's going to take. We had very, very similar circumstances, although very different, a similar conversation in different circumstances, rather, last season. Mm. We worked out all the things that need to happen and slowly but surely all those things were just getting cut out from under us. We need to win every game, go out and lose the next game. Yeah. We need to beat them in every every derby, lose to them. And then so slowly but surely all these things start getting ticked off and it becomes an impossibility. So it, it is a must win that because you know, can you see them getting to a certain point where they've maybe drawn three games out of the last 16 or 17 games, drawn three, lost two, 
our Celtic going to win every game? So yeah. all these things start coming into play if we don't start gaining ground on them very, very soon. That game is of utmost importance. As if it needs said, but I yeah. mean, it, it, uh, look, it's I'm been hammered that, home by the St Man game. I'm not saying at this point the league's over. That's not what no, I'm saying. No. I know people you know, on the internet tend to take things but wrong. Sometimes <laughs> these are just wrong. Take okay. it wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was going to do, oh, they take it the wrong way. No, sometimes you're just flat wrong. Right, okay. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I'm watching the St Mirren game and a, a couple of things annoyed me. A couple of the performance annoyed me. But the end result is we drop points, Melly, and that puts yet more pressure. Like, now, we all agreed for weeks we've been saying that margin of error is so small that we need to, we really can't open up the gap anymore between them and us come that derby game. Derby game's coming up. It's six points. How do you feel? Uh, well, I think if it was going to be this weekend like it was meant to be, I'd be uh, severely worried because I've mm. not got the players to go out and win the game. I, I wouldn't say. And Thanks to the rest of Scottish football, by the way. Oh, I sorted for doing that for us. Cheers. Appreciate it. Just us, of course. Mm. But uh, if you're looking at it as a sort of long term thing, and I know going into this, if you had said going into this January break, whether we'd played Rangers or not, look. You'll be six points behind them and you're still in the race. You've won a cup. You go, aye, okay. But we're looking at it now. We're six points behind them with two home games against them still to come and another game. So you're like, right, well, it's still in Celtic's hands because if they went and won every game of the rest of the season, they'd win. Now, mm -hmm. that's not going to happen, but it is within our hands. The Samirin one was really disappointing because it was a game you really think Celtic should win, but... That's again removing all the context from it. And again, it's not about Celtic didn't not create chances. They just didn't take them. And it's a game again where I'm looking at Celtic going, right, what could we have done different? What could the manager have done different to change that game? And I can't see anything. I think, see, I honestly think that's a difficult conversation to have because there's not many football matches where you can pinpoint what a manager should have done different. They would have. So any game where Celtic lose or drop points, you couldn't go, well, he, the manager should have done X because there's no guarantee that even if he did do X, yeah. you, you would have won the game. But, but what you can do is yeah. you can look after the game and you can go, well, a week later, he sort of played a different formation and there was definitely a difference in the set pieces against St. Johnston that I noticed. And, he had Kyogo against St. Johnston, but, like 10 where, minutes. Where, but he had him to start the game, mm. but and which meant he could play a different formation. The, we say, uh, People always say it and you say it a lot, like the game was there to be won and I'll go right okay but Sir Alex Ferguson had thousands of games that were there to be won he didn't go out and win everyone Pep Guardiola currently is the best manager in the world in my opinion he doesn't always find a way to win a game sometimes yeah, these games some... happen because all these factors come into it and all it would have taken for that game again was for Celtic to get one goal and they'd have won the game fact is they didn't Celtic couldn't get any further forward in that game Carter Vickers and Welsh were basically on their 18 yard line Celtic had all the possession they had the chances they simply didn't take them and that's not me just saying look these games happen because you should be able to break teams down but people will say I find a way to win the game and I'm looking at the bench and going well it's not as if the manager's sitting with options behind him that he didn't bring on we brought on Liam Shaw who's played one game in a dead rubber mm. that uh, against in the last the best game yeah. that didn't mean anything we brought on Juranovic who's a fullback for Owen Moffat who's quite simply not ready to play at this mm. level yet and we brought so on so why did Moffat start the game then? what's the other option play Juranovic again a guy mm. that's played basically every game right through I had a cup final at the weekend and then bringing on Taylor for scales what's the point in that? well maybe it's just fresh legs because there's literally nothing else to do I'm not looking at the manager and but do you not absolving think... him but this is what I'm saying it's not as if he's got a big tall striker that he can bring on it's not as if he's got another attacking option where we can go to up front it's not as if he's got a winger there that he can bring on and we can go right we'll play this wide play two number 10s play two strikers there was no options for the manager there so it's down to the players out on the pitch to win the game playing the way they're playing and we just couldn't do it I just think some of the delivery for set pieces is awful uh, in, in these games, it's not in the manager, but right. Okay, so what's I don't want to get into a full blown argument, but what you're saying right now, I feel could be attributed to any manager that loses any game of football. So if he loses against Rangers, can we just say, Oh, he tried his best? Oh, well, we, we don't have a awkward loads. Oh, you know, you could say that about Ronnie Dyla. Okay, he had the best, he, he used the best players he had, Neil. You need to look at the games and go, Right, well, where could the manager have done better? We can't, I just don't think we can walk away from drop points to St. Mirren 
in a tight title race and just go, oh, we tried everything we could, but you know, sometimes you don't win games. It was cold. The players needed a, you know, you, you need to look at these games and go, the man, the manager should have done more. If he's depleted, if he's without a striker, for talking sake, now the manager could have done this, we don't know. If he's without a striker, do you say, right, you know what? I know we normally attribute 10% or 20% of playing time onto attacking set pieces, but Koyogo's injured. Yakimakis isn't we're going to have to spend 80% of our training time on set pieces here because we're going to have to really utilise those and there are teams that exist in this league and in football who get wins principally off of the performances of set pieces whereas we had 16 corners in that game and the delivery was terrible for some of them I think we might have got one shot or two off tar on target for the back of the corners he knows he's going to be without his strikers Oh, did you say you own Moffat's not good enough right so you start Juranovic and then if Juranovic burns out then you bring own Moffat on there's different things you can do within the game. The way we lined up in the game, could they have made subtle changes to to get so, the better of it? I don't think, I think there is always a way, nine times out of ten, depending on who the opponent is, for that Celtic team that took to the pitch to win games, especially against St Mirren. I'm not, the players are poor, but say you start Juranovic and he goes off injured because maybe he's red flagged and he's played too many games within a certain amount of time. We don't know the ins and outs of it. You could, the 16 corners, yes, a delivery from set pieces is poor. It's, it does my head in. But from four or five, I've seen a bad attack. He didn't get it past the front man. What can the manager possibly do there about he that? He needs to stop a bad attack in corners. And, and moving away from the manager for a wee bit, Stephen, some of the player performances were really, really poor. You know, I'm, I'm starting to look at Mikey Johnson and think to myself, he's been as fair as I possibly can. I want to be at Mikey Johnson. I want to say to Mikey Johnson, it's not too late for you because look, Tony Ralston made a decision this season that he wanted to be a Celtic player. Tony Ralston yeah. worked hard, knuckled down and made the decision he wanted to be a Celtic player. You need to make the same decision because whatever you're doing just now, your career's not going to, you're not going to be a Celtic player for very much longer. Well, Mikey Johnson's a good example for this game because I think he probably had the best chance is maybe yeah, one or two. two yeah, two, two good chances. <clears throat> one was quite early on, but in fairness, he, he worked the ball in off the left and hit, hit the shot straight at the keeper. He had another ch chance later on, I think. Um, half volley sort of Yeah, thing. yeah, that, that's right. But Mikey, I, I can sense a lot of people getting fed up with Mikey Johnson and I understand that because quite simply he's been here for ages now and through no fault mm. of his own oh, well not entirely not his fault but he gets injured quite a lot that's that's not something he's doing deliberately I mean I'm sure we'd all love to have better knees yes. but it's, it's simply not a, it's not a choice you can make so he has been injured a lot but I think I do understand that if you've got a player in front of you who's basically not really done anything for about five seasons or he, he made his debut like, four and a half years ago yeah, so it, he's been around a long time and he's only made, I think, about 75, 77 first-team appearances, which is not a lot. I had a look into a couple of similarly aged players. Ayer is a year older than him, granted, mm -hmm. but he's made something like 250 career first-team yeah. appearances. So this is this is just to illustrate just how far behind he is in his development, Mikey Johnson, and I can tell that people are getting sick of him. To be quite mm -hmm. frank, I just don't know if I can ever see him being a, a, well, a kind of standout Celtic player. And it doesn't need to be that. It could just be part of the squad and contributing. But I think it's it's getting towards that kind of shit or get off the pot. Well, that's thing the, for the, those Johnson. are the sort of games he has to contribute. Well, that's, 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 yeah. that's exactly it's my what point, I yeah. said a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Because I can't construct chances for Mikey Johnson. Now, I don't know if he said this, you know, to give Mikey Johnson a bit up the arse or whatever. He goes, I can't construct chances for Mikey Johnson. He trains and then he gets opportunities and he needs to take it. And something else on Mikey Johnson, it kind of. It kind of feeds back into the conversation you two just had without me as well um, on <laughs> about the, the St Mirren game and the manager and how much he can do and how much responsibility the players have. I don't want to put this entirely on Mikey Johnson, but it's sometimes the players have got to make something happen regardless yeah. of the manager's instructions and systems. It can't be always about that. You look at, like, just for example, David Turnbull's recent goal where... Callum McGregor clipped it through to him, took a touch over the keeper, did a pirouette and knocked it over the line, right? That's not that's not need to do with systems or anything. That's no. improvisation from the players. Ultimately, players know how to score goals, regardless of what they've been sent out to do. The manager only furnishes them with what his ideas for the best way of creating chances is. Right. He'll give them a, some set scenarios. This is the best way to create cutbacks. This is the way, best way to create angles. If you make you know, examples like that, but he can't put the ball over the line for them. He's not mm. standing there by control pad. He, he, the players have the responsibility to score the goals at the end of the day and they're all capable of doing that. They just didn't. They created chances and passed them up for whatever reason. So where I, I fall back to Mikey Johnson on this is that 
We kind of need to be see. I don't. I don't mean to place the entire game on his shoulders. No, that's no, very far from it. Aye, that's yeah. very unfair. But ultimately, he's a Celtic player. He's a Celtic winger. He's a long-established Celtic winger. Kenna needs to start making things happen. I'm, I'm not just talking about that game, but I mean, it, look at the stick we give Abada. He's yeah, younger yeah. than Mikey Johnson. He's been here a short period of time. He's contributing way more. Yeah, exactly. So I just mean. We've got, we've got to see. So I, I, this is why I understand that people are just getting fed up with the guy. And he was, he was getting pelters after that game because he didn't really turn it on. He didn't really produce much in that game. And I think people were just kind of reached the end of the rope. And it has been years. In fairness, the, the thing that got me about that game is I don't want to keep harping on about these set pieces, but you look to the squad; it's littered with players that are over six foot for the first time in in, in God knows how long. But we don't see it be utilised. Well, Starfelt missed a couple of headers, didn't he? Again, oh, these yeah. are these are the chances that are being created that aren't being scored at the, at the end of the that day. Boy, Starfelt again. Um, see, just on Mikey Johnson as well. I'm trying to trying to keep defending him here, but at the same time, I'm thinking it's getting harder and harder. And when you say about Christopher Ayer, who's a year older than him, right, fair enough, but he's a completely different build, so it's not a very fair comparison. But if you're wanting to make, compare him to somebody a wee bit more in his position, you'd say James Forrest, and I keep saying it, he didn't establish himself to he was in his mid-20s with Celtic. But at the same time, they're kind of on the same trajectory. So if Mikey Johnston was to become good and a sort of established first team player in the next couple of years, long term in his career, it's probably going to go the same way as James Forrest in that the injuries are going to catch up on him as well yeah. further down the line. So with Mikey Johnston, when they, they danced inside, I was, I was behind that goal for the early chance he had. And I thought it was net bound the whole way, but their keeper actually did play well. If, Pulled off a good save from Beton's yeah. free kick as well. If that had it in, I think you'll just see a completely different Mikey Johnson after yeah. that because that lifts the weight of the world from his shoulders. And then after every time he doesn't do something, there's maybe that not that groan from the crowd. So maybe no crowds will help him. But it's again, it's another game that's sort of passed him by where there's another chance for you, mate. You're going to run out of them if Celtic bring in these he's players. Not, he's not scored for two years. Yeah. That must be eating away at him as well. And if you're saying the best Mikey Johnson ever can hope to achieve is becoming James Forrest, then that's might, not bad. But you're still selling the new man, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look at his medal hall, but. Well, well, that's true, aye, but I just mean contribution wise. I, look, I think the thing that frustrates us about Mikey Johnson is. As a young player, initial glimpses of it. Yeah. You know, people got on board with it. It's not like we've thought, oh, Mikey Johnson's rotten and he's always been rotten. It's like, okay, you're nearly there. Come on, do it. Come on. He's just never really hit his stride. And Managers see something as well. He, he's, yeah. con he's consistently played when available. He's consistently played for uh, several managers yeah. for Celtic now, yeah. So Celtic got into the break with the rearranged fixtures. Next up is Hibs on a Monday. Is, oh, is that oh. is that on a Monday, the seventeenth of January? So that we'll need to you know rearrange our rearrange our podcast again. Absolutely, we can go out in the piss in that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, there we go. Taking liberties, you know, party time. <laughs> um, look, I just want to take a second if you're still listening to promote our Patreon. The numbers on Patreon are really good. We've got more people than ever supporting us on Patreon, and we Thank really you. really appreciate it. Um, if you like what we do and you want to support the podcast, and if you want some extra content, could match reactions pre-match and Celtic history and we're doing some interesting stuff next month during the break patreon.com slash 20 minute tims and you can support us from anywhere about two quid a month it works out it's, it's really super cheap if you're watching this on YouTube you will see that we're close to about 3,000 subscribers uh, and the majority of people that watch this aren't subscribed so if you can subscribe us it really helps the algorithm and lets other Celtic fans find this video and all that sort of stuff Melly any final thoughts? No Stephen <laughs> perfect any final thoughts? Uh, not really, no, no, just to say Just want listeners a happy new year Exactly, yeah. happy new year, when it comes and all that What's yeah. your cut off by the way, remember everybody's Obsessed with wishing everyone happy new year March. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Still <laughs> shaking hands And kissing babies in March Making everybody feel really? extremely awkward <laughs> yeah. I've, I've bought you something yeah. I mean, well, when's, the next, when's the next home game? We, we probably won't, 17th, be, yeah. won't be at the Hibs game uh, on the 17th of January Fans might not beat the Rangers game The 2nd of February So the next game is that Is Bodo Glint on the 17th of Feb Ooh. Potentially being the ground then So I'll be saying Happy New Year and Merry <laughs> Christmas <laughs> To all the guys that sit around me At the end of February <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'll be doing uh, And on that Happy New Year when it comes Merry Christmas for the Christmas that passed Thank you for subscribing Thank you for everyone that joins us on Patreon But most of all Thanks for listening and watching <laughs>
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.